there. Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we give you three or four interesting topics in the news for the week, some fun library fact, and send you on your way in about 15 to 20 minutes. As always, if you have any stories you'd like us to feature this week, creationstation at broward.org comes right to me, and we try and get them on the show. Today, I've got Steve Rodenberg from Maine Library. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. So now, nobody out there who's watching this, who isn't part of the library system, has any clue who Steve is. And that's how he likes it. <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> Tell everybody, what do you actually do around Maine Library here, Steve? Well, I'm part of the programming department here at Maine Library. My, uh, my area is the auditorium. I am... Uh, I do lights, I do sound, and I help with all kinds of productions that take place right here in the building. Including like hundreds of people at a performance, et cetera. In case you haven't been to Main Library, folks, currently the auditorium is closed for renovations. It's a 300, how many people can we actually seat? 298. So 298 inside, and I've seen you do performances outside. Well, yep. you've had chairs outside and everything like that. So, yep, absolutely. Yep. It gets busy here. Steve's got a huge, um, but you can't even count how many uh, things you've done here over the years. 30 years, 31 years, actually, uh, as of the 29th of last month. Oh, congrats. Nice. Yeah, yeah thank it's you. It's a very cool thing. Well, we've got some interesting stories here, some, some old stories and some new stories for today's episode. How's that? Cool story. Uh, yeah, let, let's get in here and, and share some of these things. The big news story of the week was Artemis not going up. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I know we made a big deal about this, everybody, all week long. We had that interview with NASA on it and everything. And then something just didn't quite go right. We know what, what didn't go right now. It's just a sensor. And that's what led me to this one story here. Our first story is... They're reusing space shuttle parts on Artemis. So we talked last week about how none of this is, you know, recoverable or anything. What they're doing is they're taking the engines that they used to put on the space shuttle, taking them, they took them out of mothballs, cleaned them all up, fired them all up, and are sending them as part of that big, huge rocket going out to the pad. And so right here, you can see the picture of the, the large rocket engines there. They used to do the three engines per shuttle. Now it's four for Artemis. And here's the listing of these. What did you think about this one, Steve? This was interesting thinking about it was it was recycled parts and it was it's going to be really cool. And it's their it's their final voyage. Yeah, and I think I think it's really interesting that part of these one of the engines, it was on Columbia when Columbia's did the last successful mission before Columbia had the accident, the one of them was on the final of Atlantis. I was there at the Cape and watched Atlantis go up. Oh, really? You know, for that That's final, cool. yeah, for that final shuttle launch. Um, but there's, I mean, all these, uh, it, it's uh, nine, uh, 21, 25 different times between these four engines, they've all gone up. So you can expect to uh, get some things. Now, of course, want to reiterate, the current Artemis program has no recyclability on it. 
when these go up, they're just gone. This is their very last voyage for all of them. Yeah. Unintended for our next story. Um, but they, um, this is how they know that they are, you know, within their tolerances of being safe to launch this Saturday. So not Friday. They've already scrubbed for Friday, knowing that, uh, the amount of time that it takes to load and do everything, it takes a 48 hour window. So Saturday afternoon, two o'clock, 217, I think it is. is the time. Yeah, that's, what, that's the new time. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's where and how you can watch that um, to go up and see it. The new time is, yeah, I was right, 217. Yep, it's 217. Um, thank you. And then there's also at 117 is the new virtual reality um, thing. Did you get, you got a chance to peek at their website, huh? I did, yes. And the people doing it, Felix and Paul Studios, are, this This would be really cool. I, and I remember watching Saturn go up and uh, watching it on our television, but watching it in 360 virtual reality, that would be just neat. And you don't need a headset. You could do it on a flat, regular 2D screen, but obviously if you've got a headset at home or it's Saturday, main library will not be open, service announcement, but uh, Margate Library, Pompano Library, the Sunrise Library all have virtual reality gear that you can go in and use. You can go go pop into the Oculus and go take a look at that. I think that would be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, not, if you can get to Canaveral, it's it's an amazing experience. Uh, Absolutely, I wouldn't try to go to this one. I, I hear there's just it's just going to be overrun with folks. Insane, yeah. A hundred. They had one hundred and twenty-five thousand people there on Monday. Oh my gosh! To watch it scrub. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna wait till like you know six or seven before I go watch. <laughs> that's true um, because you know number one number two and then number three and four both have the first crew on them so i figure i'm gonna wait until after that because it's gonna be crazy up there absolutely um, crazy and there is uh the whole stream you can go to the nasa website you can go uh to there and you can see all of the different um streams from your phone from your computer on your tv all the different stuff that you want and if you're in south florida walk out back and look north right at 217 and it's going to take about what do you think like four seconds <laughs> for this probably thing. Yeah, yeah probably four seconds before you you could see it that's true and then you'll be able to look north and if you're uh, familiar with the south florida area just look up state road seven that's going to give you a nice good general guidance for where it is and you're going to see a huge cloud and a huge plume going up there um, and I, and I read seven yeah. seconds from zero to 70 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. The thing's already like it crazy numbers of speed before it even passes the top of the launch tower. It's just, it's, yeah, this is not a slow rocket folks. This is everything. Nope, 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 nope. And then our last new future slash space story for the day is Voyager. Um, now, the reason we're bringing up Voyager is twofold. One, there is a little bit of news about it um, here because they, it was sending back some bad data and they figured out how, 
how it is. And I think that's pretty darn amazing right there. But also, read. on the 5th, September 5th, it's going to be 45 years since Voyager 1 left the planet. That's amazing, isn't it? 45 years. Uh, back in August 20th, so last week, uh, was Voyager 2 is when they had their launch. And it's also because that's why Artemis couldn't launch just right just any random time. You've got everything's moving in the solar system. You got to coordinate where you're going to be and how you're going to be when you hit certain spots. But it is amazing that they were able to, at 14 billion miles away, do a tech check <laughs> and swap <laughs> a computer out for what they, because they built this thing to handle this kind of stuff. And it's, it switched over to a bad computer that they knew they had on board and they were able to remotely switch it back to the correct computer and, and have it work. I was just like, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Wish I could do that to my car. That would be great. And I cannot wait. I want that all to be fixed just right away, isn't it? And it yep. takes minutes for this stuff to go back and forth. I'm looking to see if they got the actual time. No, they don't have the, the actual time here. Um, but the distance, I don't know if you noticed this one, Steve. So when they first found out that they had a problem until the time they could fix it, Voyager had traveled 100 million miles. <laughs> That's how fast and far out this thing is now. And they're still able to fix it. Just think what it has seen out there. We don't even know what it has seen. No. It, it, the whole classic Star Trek thing and everything with this, it's just amazing stuff that's going on here with our, with the whole space version stuff and all these things happening. Um, last week, we didn't even cover the story about um, the Space Force took over all satellites now. So all oh. satellite communications, all satellite control goes through the Space Force instead of having it divided up between six different government agencies. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, space is moving forward. We're getting finally to that spot where you kind of thought we would be back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Now we're kind of getting there. So at least those of us who grew up on science fiction thinking that we're supposed to be uh, taking vacations on the moon. And those of us who watched... Uh, comics speak yeah. to their watch uh -huh. my wife was speaking to the watch the other day he's in her phone call by the way everybody who's not familiar with that whole concept of dick tracy i recommend you go do a quick search dick tracy and speaking to your watch yeah let's go back into the past yes way 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 back into the past way we're gonna back. go back a thousand years well almost a thousand years um, they have been in 2004 in London, they were digging for a parking lot and they stumbled upon an 800 year old well, and they found at the bottom of the well, 17 bodies. Horrible story. This was amazing. This was yeah. amazing. Isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a horrible story. They, they had six adults, 11 children thrown down into the bottom of a well. No one knew anything about it. Nobody knew. There was no notes about it. No, nothing in any history that they knew about anything that was even supposed to be there. 
And then they were able to, by going through and getting um, DNA sampling and sequencing and everything, they were actually able to pin down the youngest person who was between five and 10 years old and figuring out that uh, all six were of Jewish descent and then were able to then pin it down to the uh, 1,190, so 1190 AD um, and the third crusade. So they got it down to February of 1190 to know when this actually happened. Really is amazing. Um, and it's just one of those things, like, do you remember the uh, TV series Bones? Yes, yes. And this is, that immediately sprang to mind when I read this story. I was it's just like, true. hey, wait a minute, like, this, this is, again, taking some of those fanciful ideas that weren't really happening in their TV show, and no, we didn't really do that stuff. Now we are doing that stuff. Now we That's really true. are being able to say, hey, look, we can build and do this and make sure of being able to find all of this. Um, now that they know all this, now they're trying to go through the, the, the genealogical databases, 23andMe, Ancestry, to see if there are actually any surviving relatives a thousand years later now. So. Interesting. Isn't it? Just and it, when you get a chance, as always, all of these links are going to be in the in the show notes for you to come out and see. Um, some of them, it looks like maybe some of those people were another, uh, you know, were in this well for all, the whole time. Some of them maybe were more recent than that, but they just don't know. But it's a great, great investigative mystery story. It's a it's a really good read in the article. Yeah. And then the last one to cover today is another really old one. So. This is a classic old technology coming to life. Isn't it? Tell us about it, Steve. This is, um, and I'm afraid that I can't pronounce them. Right I have to, I, you're going to do better at it than I would. <laughs> so this is, this is people who have learned the art of medieval woodworking who have now been commissioned to do the woodworking in reconstructing Notre Dame. Notre so Dame. Notre, Notre Dame burned up in 2019 for anyone who doesn't, who vaguely understands, but so in 2019, the cathedral caught fire um, they were doing some construction work, some rebuilding work there, and the entire wood ceiling of the cathedral caught fire and melted the lead, everything like that. It was just a horrible tragedy. Quite, yes. At the time, and they thought, well, we're never going to be able to fix this. We don't know no, where are we going to find wood that's that old to replace it. Nobody knows how to do this or anything. But then... Yes. <laughs> um, the, the proper pronunciation that I just can't come up with. Mm -hmm. um, 
Let me throw up our final slide here. And again, if there's a library you'd like to see featured on the show one week, let us know. Creationstation at Broward.org. And we'll see everybody next week. Stay safe, everybody. Bye-bye.